0: Let's turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. We've been doing the butt gods of the Bible, and it seems like 1 Corinthians is the butt god book. Hey man, there's a bunch of them in there. And so we're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians a little while, picking here and there, looking for the butt gods of the Bible, where God interrupts. And I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, and let's stand and we'll read 7 down through verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 7 through 13. Good to have this good number with us here today. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's a whole message in itself right there. That's a good verse. Look at verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Here's our but God, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, For the Spirit which searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what the man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but listen to this, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You can be seated. But God hath revealed them unto us. I want to preach to you on how God Interrupts our ignorance. How God interrupts our ignorance. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in the glorious name of the Lord Jesus. And God, I am so thankful that as Jesus left this earth some 2,000 years ago, He didn't leave us to wander aimlessly as an orphan in the world. But no, He sent His Spirit. And by, our, by, and by virtue of our repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus, you have imparted that Spirit unto us. Father, we pray that you would take that Spirit of God and the revealed, the revelation of God in your word and make it come alive to us in our hearts. God, I pray that you would enlighten us, that you would interrupt our ignorance by your spirit and. And by Your Word, God, call the sinner under repentance today. Holy Spirit, I pray You'd work in hearts today. Show us the importance of Your Word. Show us the importance of Your activity. Oh God, convict the sinner. Draw them to Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You see, one does not have to look very far. Uh, much farther than the cults of our day to find out and realize that there's a lot of strange revelations. Matter of fact, don't go to Google and type in strange revelations because boy, you'll get them. And there's a lot of strange revelations out there, particularly with some of the cults. Uh, uh, The Mormons believe that uh, their revelation is that secret golden tablets were given to Joseph Smith uh, supposedly containing new revelations from God. How about Mary Baker, Eddie Gloverson, Patterson? Her revelation from God is that there is no sin, there is no pain. We're only uh, we're only uh, uh, plagued with a mental and psychological problem in our minds, and our minds can overcome pain and suffering in this world. Oh, then there's also the Scientologists. Who believe that we are actually aliens called Thadians, who are refugees from a 75 million-year-old galactic ruler called Zenu. Amen. Now, those there's some strange revelations out there if you start poking around. But I wonder what revelation do we have as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? What revelation do we have? We have the pure Truthful, accurate word of God. I've heard many a preacher say this is not a book of medical knowledge, but when it speaks to medicine, it is 100% right. This is not a scientific book, but when it approaches the subject of science, it's 100% correct. One unknown writer said this listen to this very closely. This book is the mind of God, the state of man. The way of salvation, the door of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, Practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and a comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Here paradise is restored, heaven is open, the gates of hell disclosed. Jesus is its grand subject; our good is its design, and the glory of God is its end. It should be. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently. Prayerfully, it is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, a river of pleasure. Follow its precepts and it will lead you to Calvary, to the empty tomb, to the resurrected Christ. Yes, to glory itself. For eternity. God's word is truly a wonderful revelation. And every child of God can enjoy it by understanding what Paul gives us in the text before us today. Listen, that Bible you hold in your hand is the very revelation of God that you could daily enjoy. And I want to show you some things about that revelation. The first thing I want you to see is God's revelation is given in the Scripture. Notice our, our text in verse 10. But God hath revealed them. But God hath revealed them. It is a wonder that God even revealed Himself at all. <laughs> hey, do you realize that God could have let us wander aimlessly creating self-satisfying, idolatrous gods in hopes of attaining eternal life, but God in love and mercy gave you a love letter, gave you a revelation, gave you His mind on the printed page. He revealed Himself to you. Notice in this, uh, in this revelation that is given in the Scripture, we see the instrument of the, of the Scripture. Notice verse 7. Notice how it starts out in the verse, part of verse seven. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Notice also verse one, and I, brethren, came not to you, uh, came came to you not with excellent speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Look at verse four. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Look at, and again, verse 6 Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, and not the wisdom of the world, for the princes of this world and the wisdom came to naught. You see, the Apostle Paul here is the instrument of the Scripture. You see, Paul was the writing instrument, he was the penman of God's Holy Word. No, the Bible just didn't fall out of thin air. You know, uh, old Joseph Smith says that he found or was given some mysterious golden tablets and only he could translate them into the Book of Mormon. Well, the truth be known that your Bible did not come that way. Your Bible came not by some uh, uh, parchment that fell from the sky, but God used His men to write God's Word. 2 Peter tells us exactly how it happened. In 2 Peter 1.21, it says, The prophecy came not of old time, for by the will of man, but by holy men of God, but, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You see, as a wind fills the sail of a sailing vessel, so the Spirit of God filled the, the mind of the Apostle Paul, who, and it drove him to write the very words of God. You see, uh, God uh, write the very words of God, but how do we know that we truly are do have the words of God? How do we know that we have the very breath of God in our hand today? Well, that leads us to next: Not only the instrument of Scripture, but the insight of Scripture. Notice in verse 7, he said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Mystery. You know that word mystery literally gives the idea of a person with their hand over their mouth. To shut them out. The word mystery in the context of Scripture especially means that which was concealed in the past is now presently revealed. That which was concealed in the past is presently revealed. The Apostle Paul is saying that that which was concealed in the past, could it be that which was concealed the mystery of the church, the mystery of the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus. It was a mystery not completely revealed in the Old Testament, but now that mystery has been revealed in the New Testament. And see, we find that the Bible has insight. Those that put Jesus... Notice in verse 8. Look at what verse 8 said. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Paul gives an illustration of what he's talking about here. He's saying, if these people had the knowledge of God, if they'd had the revelation that we have in the Scriptures, then they would have never crucified Jesus. They would have never put Him on the cross. But here we find that they did so. Why? Because they did not have the insight of Scripture. Yet yet we find in the Old Testament, if you'll turn to Psalm 22, not now, but in your spare, Psalm 22, it it is written as though you're standing at the foot of the very cross hundreds of years before Jesus was ever crucified. Isaiah 53 gives us a caption, gives us a snapshot of what the Lamb of God went through on the cross of Calvary. You see, the Bible contains insight that it couldn't ordinarily contain. You want to go further into, into this. There are numerous places and other insights found in the Word of God that deal directly with the natural world and attest to divine insight in God's Word. I dare you? Start reading it. And you'll find things in this Bible, in this Scripture, that will confound the wisest of scholars of our day. You see, there's insight in the Scripture. There is the instrument of Scripture. And then finally, there is the exclusion of Scripture. Notice verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath it entered into the heart of men the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. Look at verse 6 also. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. Listen nor the princes of this world that came to naught. What the Apostle Paul is saying is that there is some wisdom that is excluded from the Scripture. And what, that, what wisdom is that? It's man's wisdom. It's the worldly wisdom of this world. It does not contain the wisdom of men, worldly wisdom, carnal wisdom. The wisdom of men comes to naught. That word in verse 6 means to nothing. The wisdom of men and what men can come up in their best intellect, in their best trials, comes to nothingness and comes actually straight to hell. You see, the world, uh, the world used to say that the world is flat. You know, that was the prevailing teaching in, the, in Christopher Columbus. day. They thought Christopher Columbus was going to sail off the edge of the world and go out to an endless abyss. But the truth be known, God's Word said in Isaiah 40 and verse 22, God is referred to as sitting above the circle of the earth. That word circle indicates sphere or ball. Listen, in the Bible, it said that the world is round and not flat. Also, in Job 27, when men thought that the world rested on the backs of of gigantic elephants or great tortoises or great men called Atlas. You, ever, you know what that is about Atlas? The guy that holds the world on his shoulder. That's what people thought the world was held on. The back of Atlas. But we find in Job 26, 26.7 that the world hangs on nothing. Gravity holds it in its position. Thousands of years before Galileo and Newton and all these men that come up with, these, with, the, with the truths of God that are found plainly in the Word of God. You see, the Bible excludes the wisdom of men. Why? Because it goes to none. Now, when you go reading into your Bible, you need to realize these things. Realize that holy men of God, breathed on by the Spirit of God, wrote the Word of God. And this Word is insightful. It has things in there that these men could not know. Many of the prophecies of the Old Testament, the men wrote down, especially in the book of Daniel and uh, and Ezekiel, they wrote down prophecies that when they laid their pen down, they had no idea how they would come to pass. They had no idea of what they meant. It was an insightful book, and then it's an excluding book. It excludes man's wisdom. Listen, when you read the Bible, you have to understand that you are reading The words of God and the wisdom of God. Not deluded by man's wisdom. You see, this is the revelation God has given in Scripture. He has revealed Himself in the Word of God. Now, secondly, I want you to know, not only is He revealed, He's given His revelation in Scripture, but also God's revelation is granted to the saint. Granted to the saint. This revelation is granted to those that know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Those that are born from above. What did our key verse say? But God hath revealed them. What did he say? Unto us. Unto not the whole world, but unto us. The the believers there at Corinth and Paul himself. God has revealed these mysteries unto us. You see, I to be honest, I love to know a lot of things that people don't know. Hey, man, it's always fun in conversation to say, Well, did you know this? And go right. Like a Brother Jim. Brother Jim, he's always touted himself as the one that is filled with all the, the uh, uh, with, uh, hours and hours of, of senseless knowledge or, or uh, useless knowledge. That's what Jim says. He's a mind full of useless knowledge. Boy, I love to know things like that. I like to know things that people don't know. Well, the Bible is that way. For the child of God that knows God as His Savior, knows Jesus as their Savior, they can know things that this world can't know. That those outside the family of Christ cannot possibly know. Notice this is a glorious granting. Notice the latter part of verse 7. The last phrase, that says, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, our enlightenment. Our shining. This is a glorious thing that we know. Look at verse nine. For it is not written, or it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard. Hath it, neither have it entered in the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. These things that are unknown by the world, these things that the world cannot fathom, are given to those that know Christ. It is a glorious granting. No natural man can see them, as we see in verse 9. No natural, uh, no carnal man can hear them. No heart of sinful man cannot even fathom the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. But those glorious things, by verse number 10, are given to us. We can know the glorious riches of the wisdom that is in God. You know, a lot of people take verse 9 and they quote it, meaning... Oh, we can't even imagine. What it's like up heaven, what the streets of gold are like, what the gates of pearl are like. And that may be so. But this verse, verse 10, says that we can know. You ever have a you ever have a gospel singer? Gospel singers are real are, are, are good at this. They'll say, Well, we can't even know. They'll sing about heaven. Can't even know. Can't even fathom that, which God has waiting on us on the other side. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, the next verse says we can. <laughs> We can. You peek back in the book of Revelation and you'll find the crystal sea. And you'll find gates of pearl, walls of jasper, a shining throne, the, 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 the rainbow about which is, is completely round. We find the angels in heaven. We find the, the, the city of Jerusalem. What a wonderful insight that we have revealed to us in the Word of God. We can know it's been given us by the Word of God. You see, in God's wonderful book, we see not only the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, a day of undying and a day of not dying, a day of no tears of the hereafter. But you know what? We can see what's happening now as well. Oh, listen, in this book, we see the abundant life that we have here and now, a life of the forgiveness of sins, a life of the mercy and the grace of God, a life of the guidance and the strength of God. Oh, we see Jesus by this book. If you didn't have this book, you wouldn't know anything about Jesus. Oh, but we see Jesus in this book. We see our Savior. We see the triumph of the Lord Jesus. I'm reminded of what Songwriter wrote concerning the Word of God. I'm so glad that my Father in Heaven tells of His love in the book He has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. What a glorious thing to know from God's Word. I can be accepted by God. That by virtue of Christ's death on the cross, I can know God. I can know the wisdom of God. It is a glorious granting. Not a glorious granting. Needless to say, it's a gracious granting. Look at verse 12. Skip down to verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Freely given to us by God. Recently, I carried a lesson out of Ephesians. It's been kind of a running theme in our household, but... We stumble upon Ephesians one three, where it said, "Blessed be the God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places." Upon our put our trust in the Lord Jesus, God just dumps a truckload on us of blessings that He's given us in this life, and these blessings that are the of the from the revelation of God are freely given graciously given the revelations of god are not on the top shelf to where only the 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 seminary degree from princeton can reach to the truth of god is not on the high echelon of education praise god the truth of god is for you mother as you sit at the kitchen table with an open bible you can know the mind of god Man of God, that Bible in your lunch pail is the revelation of the glory of God in our hand. We can know by the glory, by the gracious granting of our God. Billy Sunday. Boy, ain't nobody can turn a phrase or tell a story like Billy Sunday. This is what Billy Sunday said. He wrote this in the flyleaf of his Bible. He said, 29 years ago, with the Holy, Ghost, Holy Spirit as my God, I entered the portico of Genesis walk down the corridor of the old testament art galleries where pictures of noah abraham moses joseph isaac jacob and daniel hung on the wall. I passed into the music room of the Psalms where the Spirit sweeps the keyboard of nature until it seems that every reed and pipe in God's great organ responds to the heart of David, the sweet singer of Israel. I entered into the chamber of Ecclesiastes where the voice of the preachers heard, into the conservatory of the, of Sharon, the lily of the valley where sweet spices filled and perfumed my life. I entered in the business office of Proverbs into the observatory of the prophets, where I saw the telescopes of various sizes pointing off to the faraway events, concentrating on the bright and morning star, which was to rise above the moonlit hills of Judea for our salvation and redemption. I entered into the audience room of the King of Kings, catching a vision written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, thence into the correspondence room of Paul, of Peter, Luke, and John, into the, uh, I stepped into the throne room of Revelation, a towering of towering peaks and, and glittering peaks where sits the King of kings upon his throne and the glory of the healing of the nations in his hand. And I cried out, All oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. What a wonderful, wonderful book that we have. I'll never forget listening to an old preacher at a camp meeting pick up his bible and sing that song what light is there shining so brightly for me that gives me such courage the right way to see what hope for my burden soul ever shall be god's wonderful book divine praise god he didn't leave us in the dark it's a glorious revelation and it is a gracious revelation right there with you in the living room right there in the car right there at the workplace the bible is given to us. He has revealed them unto us that believe. Notice lastly, not only God's revelation is given in the Scripture, God's revelation is granted to the saint, but finally, God's revelation is gleaned by the Spirit. God's revelation is gleaned by the Spirit. Now, how does this happen? How does God... I mean, all your whole... Listen, uh, even though it's a Bible... You know what that is in front of you? That may be some leather. Maybe a little bit of cardboard in there. I know there's some black ink in here. A little bit of red ink in here. I got some plastic little tabs on my Bible. Help me find what I'm looking for. I've got onion skin pages. How does God take this and make it divine revelation in my mind? Well, it's by the agency of what we find in the following verses. The sweet Holy Spirit of God. Notice, first of all, the intelligence of the Spirit. The intelligence of the Spirit. Look at the latter part of verse 10. He said, But God hath revealed them unto us. How? By His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. That word searcheth there. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's looking around in heaven trying to pick up on the wisdom of God. That word searcheth there means to penetrate. It means to go down deep like I saw on the side of the road down in St. Elmo. They had this drilling apparatus. And they would drill deep holes in the ground for plumbing or whatever. Hey, the, the Spirit of God penetrates down into the depths of the wisdom of God. You see, He's an intelligent Spirit. You see, the scripture was written not by men, and was dictated by the Spirit of God. The word "spirit" here in our text it says, uh, by, but in uh, verse uh, number ten, that word "spirit" searcheth all the yea, the deep things of God. That word "spirit" there is the word "nūma," pneuma. pneuma. It's a word that means air or breath. I work a job as an engineer. And I work often with pneumatic cylinders and pneumatic slides. That means things that, that move when you put air on You know, that's what he's talking about here. That these authors of the scripture were moved by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God God breathed in them the, these authors, the Spirit of God. And by that they begin to write the word of God. You see, the Spirit of God is referred to as the very breath of God. Verse 11. Look at what it says in verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man that is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. You see, Paul gives another comparison here. He's saying, basically what he's saying in the first part of 11 is, nobody knows me like I know me. Can I get a witness there? Nobody knows you like you know you. You know the times you lie. You know the times that you do right. You know the times when, you, when you're loving. You know the times when you're angry better than the preacher ever could. Hey, if, if anything's proof of that, it's church, amen? I mean, and nobody knows the spirit of man but man himself. And you could be having the worst day. You could be backsliding as all get out and smile at me, and I think you're the holiest person in this room, okay? And nobody knows you like you know you. He said the same is true with the Spirit of God. He said no man knows God like the very Spirit of God. No man knows the the deep, penetrating wisdom of God save the Spirit of God. Basically, it's saying that, uh, that, uh, that the Spirit of God knows no one, uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit knows God better than anyone. One author wrote this because he is acquainted with God, he is the one qualified to teach us about God who has revealed himself in his word. There's no better teacher. All right, all right. Oftentimes, when I was in college, I'd try to get the best teacher. The teachers I liked in pneumatics. And and I liked uh, uh, Dr. Harrison because he was a Christian. And he called me Brother Brown all the time. I I like like, uh, 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 Harrison. I wanted to take his guy. A lot of times they were filled up. And I couldn't get the best teacher. Oh, here, we have access to the Spirit who is the intelligence of God. He knows the penetrating depths of God's wisdom. And so, therefore, that teacher that knows God best resides in my heart, lives with me. <laughs> you see, he, we can know God. Verse 12 tells us that the same Spirit lives in us. Verse 12 says, we've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is of God. That same Spirit that knows everything about God lives in my heart, sits down with me when I open my Bible. Amen. I got the best teacher in-house. Notice, second of all, not only the intelligence of the Spirit, but the inspiration of the spirit. Look at the latter part of, of verse tw- look at verse 12. we have, we have not re- see, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us uh, to us of God. The words of this Bible I hold in my hand, are the words of God given by the agency of the Holy Spirit. You need to be able to take your Bible in with confidence. Say, this is the Word of God. I have the Word of God. Plus nothing, minus nothing. He's given me His revelation in this Bible. I know I have all the words of God contained that He would have me know contained in these scriptures. Say, in Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word, inspiration of God, is a compound word. It's two words put together. You know, like the word groundhogs, two words put together. This is a compound word in the Greek language. The, the word is theonoustos. Theo means God, theology. Neustis, what do we talk about? Neustis, pneuma. It means spirit or air, breath, You see, all of God's Word is inspired. God breathed into His book. You see, these are the very words of God. Just like the thoughts of my mind right now are being taken and blown across my vocal cords to make a noise. And that air is going into your ear and you're making sense of what I'm saying. That air carries the message. You know, if this room was filled... Well, you know, you ever been down in a in a women swimming pool and you're underneath the water? And when he was a I'd try to talk and all it comes up, you know, you can't hear nothing underwater, okay? Why? Because it's not a good agent to carry, to carry the, the sound waves. Oh, but when you're out here, the air itself is a good carrying agent. It's an agent that communicates. It's an agent that carries the vocal sounds coming from the mouth. So is the Spirit of God. Out of the very breath of God comes the Word of God into your heart and life. See, the inspiration of the Spirit, Spirit, these words are Holy Ghost words of God. Never forget that the Bible is not just another bestseller. It's not just another popular book. It is the Word. It is the Book of God. It is the Word of God. It's not just another book. The inspiration of the Spirit. Then finally, the intelligent spirit, inspirational spirit, and then finally, the instruction of the spirit, the instruction of the spirit. This Holy Spirit. Look at verse thirteen. Which things also we speak, Paul said, I'm speaking to you these words from the Holy Spirit, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but what he says, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. You see, the Holy Spirit. The one who is deeply familiar with the depths of the wisdom of God is the one given to us to teach us this divine revelation. I'll never forget when I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, I've been drugged to church all my life. And and I've been stirred by preachers before. I wasn't saved at the time. But i had been stirred to, to maybe read my Bible, maybe pick it up. And I remember going in and trying to read my Bible trying to go in and read the New Testament. And I, I, number one, I could tell you I was not moved by it at all. Number two, I had more questions than I had answers. Number three, I really couldn't make heads and tails out of much of it at all. But I tell you what now, when it comes to Christmas Eve and I take out Luke 2 and try to read it to my kids, no matter how many times I read about the birth of Jesus, I start tearing up, start crying. It's a moving book to those that were... That spirit of God on the inside says, "That's your Savior being born. that's your Christ that died for you. He begins to move and work on the, on the inside. I remember a lady, a story about a lady who once read a certain book and said it was one of the most boring books she had ever read. She fell in love with a man not too long after that, and come to learn that, that, that the book that she thought was so boring was written by the man she loved. And after that, she went back and reread the book. And she said it was the greatest book she'd ever read. You see, it makes a difference when you know the author. Oh, listen, that's what it means when we know the Word of God. When we know the author of the Word of God, when He indwells our life by His his Spirit, He indwells our lives, then we can know the author. And that makes all the difference in the world. If you know the author of the Bible, then you have the ability to understand the Bible. He is our divine teacher to guide us in the Word of God. See, in closing, there have been a lot of, uh, of books I've tried to read that I, made me feel made me feel pretty ignorant, I have to admit. I've pulled off a few books uh, by different authors and, and some Christian authors. I tell you what, sometimes Matthew Henry gets a little wordy for me. And Charles Spurgeon sometimes I know he's a prince of preachers But boy he gets a little wordy on me And I have a hard time And they just flat make me feel ignorant sometimes Especially some college books Oh man I'd open them up And try to read them And they'd make me feel ignorant But for the child of God This book should be a book In which we gain the wisdom of God Now I'll be honest with you on the front On the first this I'll tell you this first I'm not everything you read you're gonna understand. Truth be not. there are truths that'll be laying on the ground. That as a new believer in Christ, listen, a new believer in Christ can't read John three sixteen without me getting spiritual truth out of that, without the Holy Spirit doing something in their heart. But there are some places in the Bible I would I would admit that are that are difficult to understand. But the in house divine teacher has a way of growing us, and by first the milk of the Word. Hebrews talks about that. The milk of God's Word and then the meat of God's Word to give us stronger milk and stronger meat that we might grow thereby. If you're a baby Christian and you just come to know the Lord Jesus, when you open up that Bible, there's going to be baby truth in there that's going to help you grow. It's going to be the milk you need. I I get so shocked at some New Christians, the first thing they want to do is turn to Revelation. And they they want the newborn baby and cry, I want to go to Revelation. Man, I want to know what's going to happen. And that's fine. There's a blessing in reading that. And there's places in there where to the infant Christian, there is growth. There is things that can be gained in the heart. But see, we're not to go throwing way out there to swallow the whole thing at one time. It's always amazed me how I read the same book of Philippians time and time again, and how one day when I'm going through a certain trial, I'm going through a certain circumstance, God brings not a new revelation, but a new realization. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not a new revelation. Listen, when John the Revelator, laid his pen down uh, uh, and said, don't add to these books, don't take away from them, that's the end of God's revealed Word. You don't receive a revelation from God. You receive a realization, a reality that was there all along. But the teacher, <laughs> the teacher, the comforter, the guide, the Holy Ghost of God pulled off another page and said, I want you to see this now. You're ready for this now. I mean, when you go into kindergarten, after you get out of kindergarten, you don't go to the 12th grade, do you? No, you go to the you go to first grade and then you go to second grade and then you go to third. The same is the progression with God's people. But God's people, no matter how low, how, how, how many just first few steps they've made into the kingdom of God, they're enlightened more than anybody in this world could possibly imagine that is outside of Jesus Christ. You see, we have a wonderful, wonderful revelation from God. And you have it every day. And it sits on your coffee table. And it sits on your end table, in your, in your glove box, on your desk at work. And all the while, the revelation of the mystery and the wisdom of God is right there at your fingertips. You see, the child of God can glean the truth of God in his book. I want you to also know, look at verse number 14. Chapter 2, verse 14, notice this. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Oh, listen, there's probably a lot of people that would come into this place and if they heard this message it would sound like a bunch of spiritual gobbledygook, of spiritual nonsense, foolishness. But to those that believe, is the, is the truth of God. You see, it's not discerned by the natural man. If you're here today, and you don't, you don't, you've never realized Jesus as your Savior, you've never latched on to the truth, that you're a sinner, that you've broken God's law, you stand guilty before God, and that Christ died, to take your place on that sin, and you've never turned from sin, put your trust in the Lord, then you're here as a natural man and can't receive the truth of God. The first step for you is to understand what God has made manifest to the whole world. What does Titus say? The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. You see, that's not a hidden wisdom of God. (laughs) The gospel of Jesus Christ is not hidden wisdom. For, that, are, that is revealed to some and, and obscured to others. No, it is manifestly given that we are sinners. Christ died for our sins and we need to repent and believe on Him as our Savior to have everlasting life. That's the elementary truth that is available to all that will believe. Let's all stand as we come, Brother Tony, with a song of invitation. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. You're, you're as the natural man. There's never been a time when you surrendered your life to Jesus and Him alone. I beckon you to come today. You don't know what's going to happen next week. You don't know how your days are numbered in God's, in God's book of life. You don't know how much life you have left living. You need to come to Jesus today and put your trust in Him. But to you that are here today that know the Lord Jesus, that have the Spirit of God residing in your heart, how often do you take advantage of the revelation that God has given you. Or to read our Bibles. Every day. It ought to be like the necessary food in our mouths. Ought to read God's word. Devour it. And, and ask this teacher. Ask the Holy Spirit. To help you realize this book. To bring it to our eyes. To apply it to our lives. Oh there's a wealth of glorious wisdom in this book that's graciously given to every one of us. Why don't you start taking advantage? Maybe you'd like to come to this altar and say, uh, not a New Year's resolution, but a personal resolution. I am going to start reading God's Word more than I ever have. There are mysteries, there are glories in this book that you day after day, you miss because you never crack it open. There are strengths to be had, courages to be had in this book that you never discover. Why? Because it collects dust on the as we begin to... I'm trusting to the unseen hand. We hope and pray that today's episode of the Unseen Hand Podcast has been a help and blessing to you. For more information, such as other podcasts, ministry helps, blog posts, previous sermons, or how to contact Brother Brown directly, just go to ronniebrown.net. Join us next time for another message from Brother Ronnie on the Unseen Hand podcast. Until then, may God's unseen hand gently guide you on your journey home. The Unseen Hand